Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. I want you to turn back with me tonight to the book of John's Gospel, chapter 8. The book of John's Gospel, chapter 8. Last week, last Wednesday, we began... Uh, I begin talking to you about freedom and experiencing and understanding the need for freedom in our lives. I, I just as a quick, just as a quick recap of last week, I um, I was telling you that this really came out of, of something that I heard pastors say when he said "set free and twenty three. And it got me to thinking that if that is going to be our proclamation, if that's what's going to be our proclamation, that that isn't it necessary then to say, hey, there may be something that I've got to be set free from. Amen. Amen. And that, that that's not meant. That's not meant as a. As a, as a slight, that's not meant as a, as a point of condemnation or judgment. But if we say we're going to be set free, then that means that there may be something that is holding us bound, right? Amen. Amen. So, it, so I, I'm not necessarily saying corporately, but there could be something personally or what have you. And I even, I even uh, stressed last week that as we were coming back from, as we were coming back from Oklahoma, I was driving, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. And he said, will you be the person that will hinder what I am wanting to do in my church? And I tell you, that, 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 hit, me, that hit me like a ton of bricks. That made me check myself to make sure that, make sure that it was there anything, was there any baggage, was there anything that would hinder what God would want to do. And you would say, well, Pastor Jeremy, I don't believe that God would do anything like that because of one person. Well, read your Bible. Because a whole nation, a whole nation lost the battle because of what? One person. Remember? Remember when Joshua and the children of Israel went to go, this is not in my notes, but I'm going to get into this here in a minute. Remember, remember Joshua and the children of Israel as they were going against, as they were going against the, the city of Ai? AI was nothing compared to the battle that they just came out of when they fought uh, when they fought against Jericho. AI was a nothing town. It was a nothing city. It was a if you're a sports fanatic, that would be you know that would be AI was the C squad to Jericho's A squad. As a matter of fact, they thought so little of Israel thought so little of AI, they didn't want to send out the whole army against AI. They just wanted to send out a smaller regiment. But what they didn't know, but there was a man who had been disobedient to God in the army. Amen. Amen. And he 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 tried to cover things up. You ain't gonna help me preach right now. And then they lost the battle. And when they sought the face of God, they realized that the battle was lost because not everybody was on the same page. And so they had, they, of course, they had to deal with that and address that. But like I said, the Lord spoke to me in that, and that caused me to, to, to check my own self. 
And so we talked a little bit about just understanding the need for freedom. So tonight I want to talk to you, if the Lord will help me, on true freedom. What does true freedom look like? How do we experience true freedom in our lives? So we're going back to the book of John chapter number 8. Chapter number 8. I'm only going to read two verses of scripture as a text. I'm not going to read as much as I did last week, but I want to just share this with you. Verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. If you continue, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And now let's look at the promise. Verse 32. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. He said they believed on him. You may be seated. They believed on him. And he said, okay, you have believed on me. Now, if you continue in my word, you become my disciples. And through this process, you know the truth. And the truth makes you free. You see, there's a deep spiritual truth here that each and every one of us can experience in the person of Jesus Christ. How many here tonight knows that God's desire for us is to move us from bondage to freedom? To move us from that thing that holds us back into into the totality of freedom that God has for us. Whatever it is, whatever it is that binds us, whatever it is that enslaves us, whatever it is that weighs us down. And we talked about that a little bit last week. It, for each of us, it can be something different. From some of us, we're, we're, we're bound by our money. For some of us, we're bound by our anxiety. For some of us, we're bound by lust. For some of us, we are bound, well, we, we're, we're bound by this. We're bound by the mouth. We're bound by the tongue. And so, but whatever it is that is weighing us down, that is ensnaring us, that is, that is holding us back, God wants to set us free. And God's will for the church, God's will for His people is to live in complete freedom. Because how many know this? That even saved people can still live in bondage. You can be saved sitting on the pew, paying your tithe, singing in the choir, teaching a Sunday school class, preaching, but still live in bondage. We can quote the verses... But when we quote the verses, how do we activate that in our lives where that it produces freedom? Now, how many know, how many's ever heard the scripture? Uh, I'm going to try to stray, I'm going to try not to stray away from my notes too much tonight. But how many remember the scripture in Isaiah that his word will not return unto him void? But it will accomplish that which it has, that it has set out to do. Now, have we ever quoted the word? I'm just now just be honest, this is a rhetorical question, but just think about it. Have you ever quoted the word and it seemed like that it did come back void? Amen. 
Because here's the thing. We can quote the Bible verses all day long. We can quote John 3.16. We can say, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life, and still be bound. Because what happens is, is that we have failed to let the Word be activated in us that produces freedom. Because here's the thing. More often than not, we are seeking God to free us from our circumstances as opposed to Him actually freeing us. Oh, that's good preaching right there. See, we want God to free us from our circumstances, but what God really wants to do is He seeks to make us free. He wants to make us free mind, body, and soul. I'm thankful for that because it lets me know that it lets me know that my freedom is not tied to my circumstances. My freedom is tied to Him. Oh, this is, my freedom is tied to Him. So here's the here's the deal. There is a possibility for freedom. There is always the possibility for you to be free. Look around you. Each of us. Each of us have seen and experienced some sort of enslavement and bondage. And that bondage is different for everyone. We've seen the struggle. If you've personally struggled with anything, at times we've even promised that we're going to do better. We've even said, you know what, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to say that again. I'm never going to go there again. I'm never going to look at that again. To just a few days down the road, you're, 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 back, doing, you're back doing the same thing. It, it's easy to walk down the street and, just, and to look around us and to see the bondage that people are in. In and out of the church, we look at it and we see, and we see people who who are in their struggles, who are in their shame, who are in who are in their uh, who are in their sin, who are in their bondage, and we look all around and we see that, and and a lot of them do not know that the possibility for freedom only exists in Jesus Christ. You see, a 12-step program is not going to help you get free. Hey, can I even tell you this? As much I want you to be in church, you ought to be in church. But just coming to church is not going to set you free. Sitting on a pew is not going to set you free. Singing a song is not necessarily going to set you free. Because freedom is not found in that. Freedom is found in a person. Oh, I feel I, I, I'm preaching good right now. Freedom is found in Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus means the anointed one. It takes the anointing operating in your life to free you. How do I know that? Because Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27 says, And there is coming a time, it shall come to pass in that day, That the burden shall be taken away from off of thy shoulder. And his yoke from off of thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. That is a prophecy. He is prophesying to a group of people who have been bound, who have been enslaved. And he's saying, listen, there is coming a time that that thing 
which is holding you back, and I feel like preaching right now. That thing that is holding you back is getting ready to be broken loose off of you because of the anointing. It was a prophetic word that went out that was fulfilled in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 when Jesus would walk into the into the synagogue and he would look and he would say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovery of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. The anointing of the Holy Ghost, the anointing of Jesus Christ is what frees us because he would say, if the Son is the one that makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now listen. This is not in my notes, but as I was going over right before I came over here, the Lord dropped this in, the Lord dropped this in my spirit. See, that same anointing is what operates now on the inside of us. That's the reason when he looked at Peter and he told Peter, Peter, who do men say that I am? And he would say, some say that you are Elias or some say that you're John the Baptist or one of the prophets. And he said, who do you say that I am? And he said, he said, Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus would say, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my father, which is in heaven. And then he gives the promise. And behold, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Are you ready? And he says, and whatsoever that you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. And whatever that you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. You know what he was giving him the authority to do? It wasn't against Satan, but it was to go through the people who were bound and broken. And he was saying, if you'll come, if you'll, if you'll accept this of Jesus, then I tell you, you can be, you can be set free. And that anointing that rests on Jesus is the same anointing that rests on the church. And if we claim to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, we ought to be going out through the highways and the hedges saying the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovery of the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty there them that are bruised. You see, there is the possibility for freedom. You see, and the freedom offered, is this okay tonight? The freedom offered is spiritual. Let me explain to you what I mean. True freedom is not about changing your outward circumstances. Let me just say that. Yo, we're six months behind on our rent. We'll come to Jesus because we want Jesus to get us out of the jail. But Jesus didn't die on the cross and shed his blood so you can get caught up on your rent. When, 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 when your family's acting crazy and the washing machine's not washing and the refrigerator's not refrigerating, then we come to church because we want, we want Jesus to get us out of the bind. I, I didn't feel like, I didn't think I was going to preach it this way, but it's just going to come out this way. And so through all of that, but Jesus didn't die on the cross. He did, he, he did not, he did not have his back split wide open with a cat and nine tails just so that your refrigerator could start running again. He came and he spilled his blood and he gave his life so 
that you so that you and I could experience true could experience true freedom because you can be free no matter the circumstances that are going on in your life. Oh. You see, Paul and Silas were sitting in a jail cell, but they were still free. Uh, and, and no matter the circumstances, freedom can come your way no matter the circumstances. Paul was made free on the road to Damascus. Peter was in a boat fishing when when freedom came to him. The prodigal son was in was was in a hawk pen when freedom came to him. Somebody says, "Oh, well, preacher, he wasn't he wasn't free until he got back home." No, he wasn't. He was free when he was in the muck and the mire. And the Bible says he came to himself and said, "I'm going to go back to my father's house." He was free right there, even when he had all the dirt and grime and and, 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 and all the other stuff that was in that hawk pen. And he had the stench and the smell when he came to himself. And you know what? He said, I'm going to go to the Father's house. He wasn't free by the time. He wasn't free when he got to the Father's house. He was free already in the heart. Okay, here we go. A woman was free when she was drawing water from the well. Freedom can come to a marriage without divorce. Freedom can come to your finances even when you're overdrawn on your bank account without you even having to make a deposit. Mm. Uh, if, if we've got something in our past that is crippling us, if we've got something, if we've got something in our past that we're not proud of, that the enemy tries to hang over our head and say, "Hey, listen, I know what you did. I know what you did yesterday. I know what you did last week. I know what you did. I know what you did last month or last year or ten years from now. But if you've repented of it and you've got it under the blood, then freedom can come, regardless of what your past may look like." Oh, uh, listen, you may have to make some changes. You may have to change some habits. Oh, you, you don't want me to preach like this right now. I, I, I tell, I, listen, don't, don't get mad at me when I get say, when I get saying this. I, listen, over my life, I've seen everything come down the pipeline for, to help people lose weight. So still, I mean... They've tried to, they, they, at times I've seen them trying to sign up everybody with every marketing ploy and pill here and, 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 and shot here and, 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 and doing this. But because normally all of that is a shortcut to what really needs to happen. Amen. Can I tell you what the secret is? Move more, eat less. Amen. Amen. But see what but see what happens is we want okay I didn't think I was gonna preach it like that we want to find the shortcut to freedom we may may ha- we may have to change some habits but Jesus is more interested in making your soul free mm. okay I I gotta I've, I've gotta I've gotta stop I, I've got well you know. I, I get to meddling here and then I get I get I get in the world of trouble. Jesus has the power to change the circumstances in our life, but he's more interested in your soul than he is in your circumstances. Amen. Amen. That's the reason why so many that's the reason why so many times that's the reason why so many times now listen, okay, here we go. I'm just gonna preach it. I don't believe, I'm gonna tell you this right now, I don't believe in 
and situational salvation. Amen. They never, most of them never last. How do you know that? Because what happens is, is that everything can be going wrong. All hell can be against them. They'll come to church and thank God for God's grace and mercy. There is a relief there. But 95% of the time, as soon as the relief comes, because there's never been, because what? There's never been an inward change. We wanted the external to be changed. We wanted the circumstances to be changed. But we never wanted the heart to be changed. We never, we never wanted the heart to be changed. That's the reason. And 21 years of ministry, Sister Still, I've seen it all. I've seen them come down. I've seen them come down to the altar and cry rivers of tears. But crying your rivers of tears is not going to set you free. The only thing that can set you free is Jesus Christ doing a work in your life that makes you born again. Because okay, here we go. Because of any man or any woman or is in Christ Jesus, he he or she is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things. He still tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. You see, Jesus' freedom is also purposeful. Freedom makes us free to be all that God has created us to be. Is this okay tonight? You can be, again, I've said this before, you can be saved and still still live in bondage. And some people, even though they are saved, can't walk in the fullness of their purpose because of the baggage that still hangs on them. I'm going to say that again. There are some people, even though they are saved, can't walk in the fullness of their purpose because of the baggage that still hangs on them. That's why the writer of Hebrews would say in Hebrews 12 and 1, he says, Wherefore, seeing, uh, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, lay, us, lay aside every weight. Amen. He mentions two things, every weight and every sin. Yes. See, if you're going to run a race, he says, because once you lay aside the weight and once you lay aside the sin, then what? You can... Run. But you can't run until you get rid of the baggage. And there are people in churches all across America. There are people that are that, that are sitting and are warming a pew, but they can't be everything that God has intended for them to be because they refuse to get rid of the baggage. Okay, here, thank you, Holy Ghost. And can I tell you, a lot of people don't want to get rid of the baggage because the baggage gives them attention. Yes. Amen. Amen. Good preaching. Okay, oh, oh, oh. Sister Steele, you got to pray for me. Some people don't want to get healed because being sick gets them attention. Some people do not, and some people don't want to break off the spirit of poverty in their life because being poor gets them attention. Amen. Amen. Ah, this is okay here. But we are commanded, 
We are commanded to lay aside every weight in the sin that does so easily. How can, how can we be everything that God has created us to be if we're still bound up? So there's peril. Do you know there's perils to freedom? There are things that will try to prevent you from being free. And these were a few things that I felt like that the Lord spoke to me and I wrote them down. Number one is ignorance. There's been a declaration of freedom, but unfortunately so few even in the church walk completely in it. So these roadblocks that prevent us from experiencing such freedom. The first one is, is ignorance. There are some that don't even know that freedom is available to them. Amen. I'm going to say that again. There are some people that don't even know that freedom is available to them. Think about this. Think about your family. Think about where you work. Think about the places that you go in the community. Even people that you know that are living in bondage. Have they ever heard about this freedom? Mm. Have they ever heard about this freedom? Some people don't even know that they can be set free. Amen. That they can walk in freedom. But if we could give them a little, a glimmer of hope. Sister Shiva, you know what the word, you know what Job said? Job said, a tree can wither up and die. But at the moment, not when it gets to water, but at the moment that it senses that water is nearby. Oh, and, and, and you don't believe it? I, I was a science teacher for many years, and I studied this out, and it's true. Uh, all that plants and trees have to do is sense that there's water nearby. You don't, they don't have to be at the water source. They just have to, they just have to have a sense that there's something refreshing nearby. And when they get the sense that there's refreshing nearby, then all of a sudden those things that are dead begin to bloom again. My goodness, I feel like, I feel like I ought to preach this in a camp meeting somewhere. And so, and so, and they begin to bloom again. Can you imagine what would happen? Can you imagine what would happen if the people that you associate with, the people that are around your family, that are in your, at your place of work, in your school, or what have you, that, that, that don't know that they can be, that they can be free. But if you just give them the sense that they can be free, all of a sudden you'll start seeing ch shackles and chains fall off of them. But they don't know because nobody's ever told them. You know I'm a statistics person. I'm trying to get to my next point. You know I'm a statistics person. Barna tells us that every six to ten seconds someone dies and goes to hell. And the question that I've always wondered, did they have to die and go to hell not knowing that they could have been free? Number two. Here's a, pair, here's, here's a roadblock to freedom. Number two. Arrogance. John chapter 8 tells us this. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, where the Fer uh, last week, where the Pharisees stated that they've never been in bondage to anyone. 
I mean, Jesus looks at them and tells them in John chapter 8, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And immediately their response was, Well, we've never been in bondage to any man. They were unwilling to admit that they even had a problem. How many times do you and I come in to the presence of God and refuse out of arrogance and pride that we even have a problem? Amen. Amen. I've been in churches as an evangelist and sister, I know that you have too. Knowing that somebody over here is mad at somebody over here and neither one of them will go to the other and repent and get it under the blood and let the ministry of reconciliation because they don't believe that anything is wrong. When we come in and through our own arrogance and pride believe that we don't have a problem. We don't have a problem with gossip. We don't have a problem with slander. Oh, come on, you ain't did this. We we don't we don't have we don't have a pro- we don't have a, we, we don't have a problem. We don't have a problem with lust. We don't have a problem. Uh, we don't have we don't have a problem with cussing. We don't have a problem with drinking. Oh, a little drink every now and then is not going to hurt anything. A little a little bad word every now and then is not going is not going to hurt is not going to hurt anything. But and, and so and we and so with pride and arrogance, well, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not in bondage. And many times we leave and we can't experience the true freedom. Number three, reluctance. The Bible says that some, in John chapter 8, the Bible says that some believed in Jesus. But there were others that thought that, you know what, that's a good message, but maybe just some other time. They were simply unwilling to surrender. We've sat in services, hey, we know it's a good message. We know that that's for us. I've been there. Brother Johnny, I've been there. I've, I've sat in messages where the preacher has preached. Amen. And I've sat there and goes, every word of that is for me. Amen. And leave and go, huh, you know, I think I'll fix that some other time. Amen. Good. Because we refuse to surrender do you know Isaiah says, and I'm going to move on from this, Isaiah would say it like this. Remember that Isaiah says that the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke that you were carrying, but how many knows that there's another yoke that you have to put on? Amen. Jesus would say, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. See, the thing was, Brother Johnny, the yoke that you put around the oxen controlled where it could go. Now when you first put that yoke on the oxen, they'll buck against it. But what the farmer is teaching that cattle is to become submissive to the yoke that it's under. And eventually, eventually that, that yoke will quit fighting against the yoke that it's around its neck. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And he says, now listen, the yoke that you was carrying was hard. But the yoke that I'll put on you is easy. I feel like this is, this is, this is, good, this is good preaching right here. All he's asking is to surrender. If you're not willing to surrender, 
You cannot walk in the fullness of victory that Jesus has for you. And then the fourth thing, and I'm almost, I'm almost done here. Complacency. Can I just be honest with you? I've never lived in a time of my life in Christendom where the church, the American church, is so complacent as it is right now. Don't, we don't want to strive. We, listen, I'm, we don't want to strive for excellence. We don't want to strive. We don't want to. We don't want to strive to do our. We don't want to strive to do our 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 very best. And for a lot of the times, we get saved. That's it. Amen. I don't want to do anymore. I check my box. I'm going to heaven. But this walk with Jesus is more about going to heaven. I'm thankful for heaven, I, I, and I'm and I'm ready to go. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm ready to go. But if all we got is our ticket punched to heaven, and then we just sit back and just take our ease, we are not walking in complete freedom. Amen. I say it like this: sometimes we are content with the prizes on the bottom shelf. And when I was a kid, Brother Johnny, I loved going to the arcade. I don't like it so much now because I realize how much money it actually cost my dad to take me to the video arcade and to play all those games and, and things like that. But we would go, and more often than not, and you know how you know how it worked, you'd play those games, get the tickets and stuff like that, and then you'd go up to the you'd go up to the to the counter and you would redeem your tickets for you know for the prizes and stuff. And more often than not, more often than not, I was only I was only as good at getting the things on the on that first little shelf right there. You know the Tootsie Rolls that you know, you know I could buy you know, I could buy a whole bag of Tootsie Rolls for what it, for what it cost me uh, to win two or three little pieces of Tootsie Rolls in the you know, in the arcade. But there was one time. There was one time, I'll never forget it. I was playing one of those games and I hit the jackpot. I, I hit, and I got, I think it was, I think it was like 50,000 tickets. Dad took me up there and the lady said, you can have anything up at the top. I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, I don't have to get anything on the bottom shelf anymore, do I? I hope that resonates with somebody because for far too often we like to redeem our blessings and our freedom off of the bottom shelf. And we're content with just getting a handful of Tootsie Rolls to take home from the service. We're satisfied with just a handful of Tootsie Rolls from the bottom of the shelf. While, while the one that holds all spiritual blessings is standing there behind the counter and says, you can have anything here. Sister Still, you mean to tell me I don't have to have things off the bottom shelf anymore? No. But sometimes in our complacency, we're just satisfied with whatever. And because of that, we are not we don't have to live below what God has intended for us.
Listen, I'm almost done. See, this is all I've got left of here. There is a process to freedom. In John chapter 8, Jesus reveals the way that things operate in His kingdom as it relates to freedom. I say it like this. If you want to see the sunrise, you can't wake up at noon. If you want to see the sunrise, you've got to get up early in the morning and you've got to face east. And then you can see the sunrise. If you wake up at 11 o'clock in the morning and face west, you're not going to see the sunrise. Why? Because that's just the way it works. And Jesus here is saying, if you want to experience freedom in the kingdom, if you want to see the sunrise, if you want to accept this invitation of freedom, here's what you got to do. And he calls for them in verse 31. He calls for them if you, he says, if you continue in my word, or he says, if you can, if you will abide in my word. To abide or continue means to persevere. You must dwell in God's word. You must live in God's word. My home is in the word. My home is in the Word. You must abide in His Word. I can't find freedom in another source. Can I tell you? You can't find freedom in me. You can't find freedom in in your favorite prophet. You can't find freedom in your favorite preacher. You can't find freedom in your favorite camp meeting. The only time that you can find true freedom is by living in His Word. And if you don't live in His Word, you can and, and you don't abide in His Word. And can I tell you, His Word, living in His Word, is more than a five-minute devotion that you get up and just to check off. To live in His Word means that when when all hell is fighting against you, the Word begins to flow out of you. When your family's acting crazy, the Word begins to flow out of you. When you're sick in body, the Word begins to flow. The Word begins to flow out of you. That's what living in the Word means. Is sometimes I'm not going to be there. Sometimes pastor's not going to be there. Sometimes your favorite evangelist is not going to be there. Sometimes harvest time is not going to be there. But if you have lived in the Word, you can reach back and you can draw on that Word and you can live and you can experience the freedom that comes to you. Oh. Listen to what he says. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. I've got, I've got two more things here. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the vine of sunder of soul and spirit and the joints and the marrows and is a discerner of the thought and the intents of the heart. Sometimes when you live in that word, it's going to cut you. Sometimes when you live in that word, because that word is living. Sometimes that word is going to speak to you. Sometimes that word's going to correct you. Sometimes that word's going to chastise you and rebuke you. But not only that, sometimes that word is going to bring you healing. Sometimes that word is going to bring 
you. It's going to bring you deliverance. Sometimes that word is going to provide for you. Sometimes that word is going to be the only hope that you have because you because nothing else can bring you the hope. But if you live in the word, because the word is living, the word is powerful. Can I just take one step further and let me just say this? That the word is not a bunch of pages binding together with leather. The word is Jesus. And if you'll get if you'll live in him. Because, Sister Steele, he said, because Paul the Apostle would preach on Mars Hill, and he would say, it is in him that we live, and we move, and we have our being, because it's in him that we find freedom. So, freedom can't be found in anything. I'm, 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 closing. I'm closing with this. There are oil deposits all throughout this country. Back when gas was at an all-time high. And some people thought it was even going to get higher than what we were, what we were paying at that time just, just a short while ago. What good was it going to do for me to go out into my front yard and start drilling for oil? I didn't drill all day long. As far as I know, there's no oil deposits in my front yard. So I can work all day long to help ease the pain of the gas prices by drilling in my front yard. But there's no oil deposits there. See, I have to drill in the right place. And there's oil reserves at different places that when I drill into it, then the oil bubbles up. Yes. See, the same is true. I can dig around to try to find my own freedom, but there's only reserves in one place. There's only one place spiritually that you can strike oil in. And that's in Jesus. Yes. And my prayer tonight before we dismiss before we pray and dismiss. This last week we talked about the need for freedom. This week we talked about what true freedom looks like. True freedom allows you into your purpose. True freedom allows you that you're able to set aside everything that hinders you. I don't know about you tonight, church, but I want to walk. I want to walk in that true freedom. I want to walk in that. I want to live. I want to live in His Word. Rusty Goodman would say it like this. He would say, let your fingers do the walking. Through God's Holy Word. See, I can't depend. As much as I love Sister Still, I can't depend on her. I'm not saying that in a derogatory sense. She knows that. But she can't, she can't free me. Amen. Brother Johnny can't free me. Amen. The preacher can't free me. But it's when we it's when we surrender and say, hey, you know what, God? There's there's something, there's something in me that's not like it. I've got some I've got some bitterness there. I've got some anger 
there. I've got some. I've got. I've got. I've got some unforgiveness that is there. I've got. I've got. I've got things that I've, I've said. I've got things that I've, that 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 I've thought. I've got I, you know, I, I've things that I that I said that I shouldn't have said, and that's creating a bondage around me. Run to Jesus. Run to the Word. You'll experience that freedom. Amen. Stand with me all over the house. enjoyed today's message by evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding New Season Ministry, to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859-404-4007. Or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry. Thank you.